I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Wood Talk for woodworkers by woodworkers. Now here are three guys who put the fine in fine woodworking. Mark, Matt, and Shannon. All right, it's Wood Talk number 221. It's a weekend edition for February 19th, 2015. I bet you someone's going to say, why are you doing a weekend edition but releasing it on a Thursday? Um, because that's when I want my weekend to begin. That's right. It's uh, Yeah, we're being hopeful about it. For me, the reason is because I want this in people's feeds for Friday morning so that if you have a commute and you're driving or you're going for a jog in the morning, something, I want that to be in the feed so that people can enjoy it before the weekend and then others can catch it on the weekend. Uh, that's kind of the logic behind it. All right, so let's get I right just, into... I just show up when you guys tell me to. I don't... <laughs> right. Uh, let's get right up into the good stuff here. We've got a question about layout marking and measuring tools. And it was an email sent in by Eric. He says, layout marking and measuring tools seem to have a huge range. And I'd love to know what you all use, tool-wise and brand-wise. For example, a straight edge. Are we talking Home Depot? Start it. Uh, same for squares and so on. So I thought that'd be a good little topic for us to talk about our personal inventories and what we actually use in our shops. And uh, if you guys don't mind, I'll go first. Straight edge wise, I've got a couple. I've got a leave. Well, actually both are from Lee Valley. They have a steel straight edge line and an aluminum line. That's a little bit more cost effective. So the aluminum one, I've got the big four footer and I like to use that for tool setup and it comes in handy for a bunch of things because you know, it's dead accurate and it's a good four foot long. So very handy to have around, but I wasn't about to drop that kind of money on the steel version because that's a little bit more expensive. So in the steel version, I've got a, it's about 24 inches and that's still good for tool setup and calibration and things along those lines. Uh, yeah, you could certainly use it to draw a straight line too, if you need to. Uh, but I find that I use it mostly for calibration purposes. Um, in terms well, you know, let's do it that way. So what do you guys use uh, for, for straight edges, things along those lines? I have um, probably the same exact thing that you do. I have an aluminum Veritas one. I think it's only the 24-incher, and then I have one of the smaller steel ones. I, I, I think it's like 8 inches or something like that. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, I use them very similarly. One thing I do have is uh, a – so I have those Bora straight-edge clamps. Right. And the way that they actually have a narrower head on them now, it actually does work a lot more like a straight-edge. So these mm. are the ones nice and long. And I find myself using those periodically because I have some of the longer ones. Uh, in fact, I think uh, one of them is like 50 inches long. So for my 8-inch joiner, that's something that I would use – to help reference that, to make it nice and straight. Nice. Uh, and then a, a hand, handful of assorted, I don't know where they came from, metal yardsticks. <laughs> cool. That's nice. What about you, Shannon? Uh, I've got the same four-inch uh, Lee Valley straight edge because <clears throat> I bought it specifically to tune up a power joiner because somebody who did a video like 10 years ago told me I needed one. That was me. <laughs> joiner's <laughs> jumping or something like that. And yeah. I was told that I needed that. But, you know, that... That long four foot sucker has come in handy many, many times yeah. for, you know, certainly machine setup. That's the only time that I really need that level of precision. But it just having that that length, you know, is is really nice to have. Um, I have a wooden one made out of Sapili that I made as a hand tool school project that actually gets more use because it just kind of sits right on the bench and it happens to be close by. But honestly, the straight edge that gets used the most for me is my joiner plane. Just happens to be on the bench and I use that because what am I using straight edge for just to see if a, if a board is flat most of the time and I happen to have the plane in my hand. So I use that more than anything else. Nice. Cool. Mm. Uh, you know, I've got a star at straight edge, like a steel one. I forgot to mention that one. It's a, a nice wide, like I looked it up too and it's really expensive. I didn't buy it. I had an issue with the table saw that just was years ago and it was this ongoing table flatness issue where the, the one they were sending me just had all these dips in it and they wanted to make sure I was getting the results right. So they sent me this from their shop. They sent me this straight edge <laughs> huh. and I just wound up with it and I tried to send it back and they're like, never mind. It's just not worth it to send it back. Keep it. So, so I've got that in the shop too, which is kind of okay. nice. So uh, there's probably like one guy in the shop that's like, Hey, where's my straight edge? Have you guys seriously. seen my straight edge? Yeah, it's got I the name like my tools. The name John is engraved in it, but who cares? It works. Yeah, that guy happened to be on vacation <laughs> that week. Yeah, he'll never. He won't miss it. Uh, okay, so let's uh, let's think about squares. And I've got, and I'm talking about like fixed squares, like machinist squares and stuff like that. So I've got a couple of uh, cheap. I believe they were sold by Grizzly. So it's you know Chinese made, uh, but they are machinist squares in three different sizes. And I also have some woodpeckers aluminum squares. And for me, I think those, again, those are primarily going to be machine setup and calibration, making sure my fences are square, making sure my table saw blade is square um, because they're just fixed dimension. And you can use them for other things, but uh, we'll talk about combination squares in a little bit. Uh, But that's what I use for most of my, you know, measuring and actual, uh, you know, laying out joinery and whatnot. So for me, these fixed squares are all about machine setup. Right. I, uh, you know, I used to have one years ago, but I did this stupid thing where I picked it up from like, I won't say the name of the company, but it sounds like Peachtree. And it was so not square. <laughs> and I got so frustrated with it that mm-hmm. I ended up – I wouldn't even use it for like a doorstop or anything. I ended up chucking it. So I, the only fixed square that I have is like one of those nicer with the, the rosewood handle and the rather large blade. Yeah. That's the only one I have right now that is uh, a fixed one. Other than that, I have the adjustable squares and I have two versions of those. So – one like about four inches, and I think the other one's more along the lines of like a twelve inch. Uh, so that's that's the closest that I have to that. What about you, Shannon? Um, any more? I don't think I have any of the fixed ones. I had a 
like a, a cheapo, it was meant to be luxurious looking rosewood handle, but it's not. It's made by Crown Tools. I think I bought it at Woodcraft years ago. Um, and honestly, I think somebody walked off with it. I took it with me to the museum one day and it just wasn't there at the end of my shift. So some little thief walked off of it. Man, I wasn't terribly broken up about it. That's why I took it to the museum in the first place. <laughs> it was um, probably those kids that earlier this summer that you had to chase off. That right. Were yeah, your get, chisels. Getting their revenge. Running with chisels. Um, I made a wooden one, uh, a la Chris Schwarz, and frankly, it doesn't get used very often because <laughs> it's usually always on the other side of the shop, and it's too big. It's like six inches long. It's just too big. I don't – I ended up – it just looks pretty. You just don't like it that it makes your hands look small. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's what it is. <laughs> but like Matt, I'm more of a combo square user. That's what gets the most of my use. The fixed ones – um, I just don't use them that much. What's interesting is even with our different approaches and tooling and methodologies, we're sort of on the same page with that. Like the only reason I have them is for machine calibration and setup. I don't really use them in my actual work. You don't have the machines there, so you don't have a need for them. You know, so even right. though I'm using them, it's my use of power tools that's making those useful even remotely for me. So that, that's pretty interesting. So combination squares, um, Matt, you already told us what you've got. What do you use in terms of uh, combo squares? Shannon. Yeah, oh, Shannon. sorry. <laughs> sorry. I forgot to add the extra name at the end. But you're still talking to Matt. Um, I've I got, just told you. My bad. I've got a 12-inch Starrett that was about a paycheck's worth <laughs> to yeah. buy that. Um, and I've got a 4-inch Starrett. Okay. And the they both get used pretty pretty evenly. Um, but the 4-inch Starrett is kind of always in my hand or in my apron pocket. It's just so awesome for laying out joints and just – you know, most boards, if I want to check that the edge is square, I don't need that big old 12 inch thing. Just the four inch thing is enough. So right. very nice to have around. And I find myself using the 45 fence a lot more too. Um, it, it's in place of like a bevel gauge because I'm usually, you know, on a 45, um, when I'm not on 90. Gotcha. Just, yeah. I, I've got the 12 inch stir it as well and for the smaller one i actually have a lee valley version and i find that the lee valley it's almost a stir it copy uh if you will kind of looks the same but i've never had a problem with the quality on it it's certainly not cheap in and of itself it's probably cheaper than the equivalent uh stir it version but uh, i'm gonna say stir it and star it like each time i say it i'll probably say it a little bit differently <laughs> i've yet to decide how i you. how do i want to pronounce that today it's it's Monday, or wait, no, it's Thursday. Wait, they, wait, yeah. they, oh, what the heck? Today is stare at day. Yeah, it is. And okay. I've, got a, um, I've got a new favorite that I've been using, and Ooh. it's from woodartistry.com. And okay. I don't know if you guys go there. You've probably seen it before, but they, um, it's a very small outfit with, you know, the guy doesn't have a whole lot of stuff. They make the lap sharp sharpening system, if you've okay. uh, yep. heard of that mm-hmm. one. Sure. And they've got a lot of little accessories, but one of them is this brass handled square. And I know it's, you know, it's just a silly little square, something to get excited about, but it's so heavy. And I know some people think heavy, you know, might be bad, but in the case of this particular square, the bulk and the heft of it is so satisfying to you. So when you're talking about sliding it to the end of a, a work piece to check for square, and you just, when you get that little, that thud, of like mm-hmm. positive registration that lets you know, boom, I nailed it. Uh, it's really, really satisfying with that square. So uh, I highly recommend it. It's really fairly priced when you compare it to other high-end squares, uh, but woodartistry.com is where you would want to check that out. I talked about it in the live session recently and showed it off, and I've been using it all week long, and I'm finding, although it's the only one that doesn't match the other ones, 
which huh. goes against my sensibilities, it's that good that I don't mind it being kind of like the you know the the little prize unique <laughs> the unique one in my collection. I like it's, you know, it's interesting though. We we all have uh, what do we say? Do we say it's Starrett today? Yeah, Starrett. We all have them. <laughs> And, you know, you can, you can probably trace the, the influence. We've been told that we've got to have this really, really precision square and that Starrett is the, you know, the, the rule, pun intended, which all should be measured by. Yeah. Do we really need that, though? I mean, I have one and I probably I have an, an old clunker Home Depot one probably in a toolbox somewhere that would probably give me just the same results, you know, and maybe it's, it's totally not as precise as the, the Starrett. But Starrett is a machinist tool, and I just wonder, you know, because I get people asking me that all the time. Oh, well, I see you have a Starrett. I guess I need one too. And it's like, I, I don't know. I mean, well, it's expensive. They are expensive. There's no they question. They really are. Yeah. yeah. Let, let's. I, I, that is like a final discussion point that I want to. <laughs> right. I want to talk uh, yeah, about I'm, that in in yeah, deep please. detail. Um, <laughs> okay. Because yes. it's it's an important thing. Like, is it, that will be the question? Are the premium versions worth it? And we'll kind of go around and, and discuss yeah. that point. Yeah. We can't have this episode without bringing that up because it's such a perennial question. Yeah. All right. So, how about like a standard tape measure? Do you guys still use standard uh, tapes in your work? Sure do. I got yeah. one. It, it, to me, that's it's still, even though it's not my most accurate way to measure things or even consistent way, because I've got three or four different brands uh, just because I don't, I mean, I, I just kind of collect them when I see them or, or I guess, you know, when it falls off of someone else's uh, toolkit and I go, oh, look, that that looks like it's for free. Right. Um, I happen to have a crown square with a fake rosewood handle. It sounds like you're already <laughs> into that. Yeah. So um, I, I basically just use whatever, but I do find them useful. I mean, if you need something that's a very long measurement, chances are it exceeds your standard four foot uh, you know, measuring device that you might have. That's a, a, you know, something made out of steel. So yeah, there, I still find them very handy. Yeah. I, I have several myself. In fact, I think I have two identical ones because apparently I lost one and was like, Oh, I'll go to the home center and get another one. And yeah. then I came home and discovered, Oh, it was just under a pile of sawdust. Here <laughs> it is. But the, the main thing is whenever I use them, because I'm not convinced that even if it's the same manufacturer, same model, if I make a measurement and I want to transfer that measurement, I will use only that tape measure for that moment so that it's like in case there's any little fluctuation in there. If yeah. I use that specific one and then carry it over, I'm going to get the same exact result. I've gone so far as to actually mark them so that I know, oh, I used the red one for this so that I can you know, uh, the, move it over to the other one because – it's amazing how when you take two or three of them and put them together, they don't always necessarily match up. You don't always agree. Yeah, that's true. Use the same one throughout the project and you shouldn't have a problem. And that is why I only have one tape measure. There you go. That way I don't get it mixed up. Now, Shannon, do you have the Foldy Woody one also? I do. I have a couple of those actually. I have one only for decorative decorative purposes, but I have broken it out for legitimate usage. What? Uh, how often do you use that, Shannon? The little folded Z one, well, sometimes I want one that's going to specifically lay flat because, you know, tape measures have that little belly to them. Oh, yeah. Yes. And I want something that's going to lay a little bit flatter. But honestly, the reason I use the Z one or the Z, whatever you call those foldy wooden ones, is it has that little slide out brass insert on the end. And it makes a perfect pinch stick for measuring square from inside corner to inside corner. Oh, nice. Or for capturing and transferring measurements. So um, say, I've well, you're both building chests of drawers. If I wanted to capture the inside the height of a drawer box because um, I'm going to make a drawer face for it. I'll go and I'll set it up and I'll slide that little blast, brass insert until I've got a tight fit. And then I can bring that over to the wood and use that to uh, transfer my dimension. That's 
the whole reason I use it, which actually is quite a lot. Yeah. Almost a story stick sort of aspect yeah, to it. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Very cool. So how about, uh, the, the, the humble bevel gauge? I've just got an old crown bevel gauge that works for my purposes. Never felt like I needed to do anything else. Uh, I saw a woodpecker put one out recently. That was like, excuse me, like a hundred dollar bevel gauge, right? I'm not sure on the exact price, but I remember reactions to it were like, what? It's just the bevel gauge. <laughs> um, so I'm curious, what do you guys use? Uh, I actually have the, the one I'm using right now and the one I've been sticking with for a long time because surprisingly it looks horrible. It looks like it's been driven over a couple times, left out in the rain, but it holds really tight because the main thing is that lock to keep that blade in position. Uh, so I'm using this really old Stanley Prior to that, I've experimented with the plastic bodied ones, which amazingly, I didn't realize I was that strong, but occasionally when I turned that little knot, I would actually break the housing. So, so much for that. Well, people don't and, like you when you're angry, so. Exactly. I'm like, oh, I'm going to make that angle. Anyways, Hulk-like <laughs> angle. And uh, I had one where it was actually one of those. Have you seen the really fancy ones with the digital layout that tells you exactly the angle supposedly that oh, you're yeah. at, assuming you zeroed it out the right way? Mm-hmm. I had one of those. Nice. And the only problem with that was I, whatever the manufacturer was worked great first few times, but then suddenly for some reason the battery compartment door uh, no longer wanted to engage. So I'd be in the middle of uh, adjusting things, getting it in position, and then the battery would just fly right out. <laughs> so I, I must have hit the ejection button. Nice. Wow. Cool. Uh, you, let's see. I've got uh, four bevel gauges. They're all vintage ones. Um, I've got the Stanley, I think it's, I don't know. I'm so bad with Stanley numbers. I think it's an 18. And that's just what Google's telling me now. Um, long ago, Christopher Schwartz told me I needed to have that model. And then this was before <laughs> he had the Schwartz effect power. So I actually went to eBay and found one when he told me that. Um, it holds its setting. You drive over it with a Mack truck and it will hold its setting. So that is my primary bevel gauge. My biggest issue with it is it's only, I think the blade's only like four to five inches long. So I have a couple other vintage ones that have big, long, 8 and 12-inch long blades that are really, really nice for uh, if you're doing compound angle joinery and have to transfer a line all the way across a case side or something like that. The problem with those is they do not hold their setting if you run over it with a Mack truck. <laughs> and one of them is only adjustable with a screwdriver. There's no uh, lever or, or twisty thing. Uh, so, it's a pain in the butt. And, and when you tweak down the screwdriver you slightly change the angle so you have to like hold it in a death grip and then you know oh, man. tighten it down once i get it set it's fine and i know that you know i have to be a little bit more careful if i it's not like they if you breathe on them they they change the angle but if i drop them on the concrete floor they're definitely going to change whereas the right. stanley believe it or not it holds it if i drop it on the concrete floor it's pretty cool nice. that's awesome. what i want i know we're not there but um <laughs> i desperately would love to have a chris vesper from Australia. They are the yes. pinnacle of, you know, ridiculously, I won't say ridiculously priced because I think they're worth it, but it's basically like the finest of materials and woods and highest of tolerances combined into this one little tool. And I should have bought one at Woodworking in America 2011 when his booth was next to mine and I didn't have to pay Australian shipping. And I didn't because <laughs> I was stupid. These are beautiful, man. I'm on the website right now. Oh, oh they're they're gorgeous. And that it's yes, it's a highly, highly accurate and precise tool, but let's be honest, it's about the bling. It's got <laughs> the the one's got the scroll work on the side and yeah, and I'd be beautiful. like that's right, check out my bevel gauge. I use this like three times a year, so there. 
you know, I just want the bevel. knob on the bottom is really nice because it, it actually does stay out of the way. That's the one thing about my Stanley is it's oh, like a, um, a T so annoying type right? thing. Yeah. And if you turn it perendicular to the fence, it actually yep. prevents you from laying it flush on the surface. Yeah, I just want the bevel gauge to come with his assistant uh, that he usually has at the uh, the booths. Uh, if I could just even for a few minutes. Matt's got a one awesome. track mine. Yeah, uh, of course <laughs> I do. <laughs> Beautiful right. tools. What are you talking about? Right. Uh, okay. So last one that I can think of, if there's anything else you guys want to chime in with, let me know. Uh, but how about cutting and marking gauges? Uh, okay. For me, I use the, it's one that's sold at Lee Valley as a deluxe marking gauge, but basically it's a straight blade design. They have them with the, you know, the, the point version. And I think there's one for even uh, mortising. So it's got a, a two pins in it. But the one I have has a nice sharp blade in there. It's made with uh, rosewood, actually resin impregnated rosewood. Really, really nice. And they just refer to it generically as deluxe. And I've done a little extra research on this and I found it elsewhere with the manufacturer's name. And I don't know why Lee Valley isn't giving the manufacturer's name there, uh, but it's uh, French. Oh, actually, they're, I guess, Canadian. Uh, Les Outils, Les Colin. Bless you. Thank you. And it's a French name. I guess that's Colin's Tools or the Tools of Colin. Mm-hmm. So yeah, cool stuff. It's it's so solid. It's so, um, again, because it's this resin impregnated wood that was heavy wood to begin with, it's so just in hand. It just feels so secure and you have that very positive registration feel. It's got brass inlays and brass hardware on it. Absolutely love this thing. Um, and I've got a couple other ones, but that's my main one. We've got someone coming in the front door. So if you hear noise, that's what's going on. <laughs> uh, you know, I, though, I have just two marking gauges. Uh, I used to have three, but one of them, uh, it actually, I think I just ended up throwing it in the trash because it was so horrible. But I have one that's the uh, Hamilton marking gauge, which some people oh, refer yeah. to as having like that Batman wing kind Th- of a handle. Those are nice, though. They are really nice. I love the feel of it. I mean, it really, really – sometimes when you're working with a, a marking gauge, I've had this problem. It, as you're going along the wood, maybe the grain or something will actually kind of push the, the, the marking gauge away a little bit. Maybe you're just not holding it the right way. And I mm-hmm. feel like that grip just keeps it right there nice and tight. So I have that one, which has a knife edge, and then I also have a, a wheel gauge that actually technically has more of a knife edge on it. I, I used to have one that had like the pinpoint – um, and I really liked that, but unfortunately that was the one that ended up getting tossed because it just, it was crap after a while. Yeah. What about you, Shannon? I got lots. <laughs> <laughs> Probably what I've got more of when it comes to layout tools is gauges. Yeah. Um, I've got the classic Veritas wheel gauge before the whole micro adjust thing came out. Mm-hmm. They didn't have that yet. Um, and because it didn't have a micro adjust, I ended up getting a tight mark, uh, micro adjust gauge cause it did have micro adjust and that is nice. It's nice to have that kind of uh, threaded control and getting that uh, adjustment just right. The problem I have with the tight mark is it is not suited for left-handed people. Um, the The blade on the end is threaded and it's threaded the wrong way if you use it with your left hand. So <laughs> if you push hard enough, it starts to unthread and suddenly your distance changes. So I've, I've gotten used to it. I now know that I have to use it with my right hand. But if you're a lefty and you buy a tight mark, recognize that that's a problem. Man, it's not we are attached. so discriminated against, you know? I know. Well, that's know. your fault for being left-handed. Oh, there's well, that true. Yeah. Your it is a choice. <laughs> right. It's a choice. Um, let's oh, see. Nice. I've got – I also have a Hamilton. Um, like Matt said, it's a little four-inch one. Mm. Uh, fantastic tool. Perfect. Like fits perfectly in the hand. It's uh, that knife edge which I use if I really want um, a very, very clean line. Uh, if I'm ever thicknessing a board, 
entirely by hand and I've got that first surface and I want to make a parallel one, I will use this gauge because it cuts that perfectly smooth knife line that shows up when you plane it. You mm-hmm. get that little feathered edge that peels away. It's really nice. Um, I just recently got a new gauge made by Phil Edwards of Philly Planes over in the UK. It is a thing of beauty. It's rosewood, nice, really thick brass inlay, um, threaded uh, everything with like he's got this special kind of patented uh, locking mechanism that uses um, phenolic plastic in conjunction with the brass um, the brass wheel and it just locks ridiculously tight. Nice. And then I've got a cheapo crown mortising gauge, which. It, there is not – and if there is, somebody up there speak up. There is not a high-quality mortising gauge on the market. Tightmark makes the mortising wheels and they make the adjustable mortising wheels. And I think that's why because mortises are you know, they're not really set. Um, oftentimes, it's set to your chisel, so it needs to be adjustable. It just seems to me there's a void. Somebody out there making really high-quality qu- layout tools needs to make a really nice – knife edged mortising gauge. Most of the mortising gauges are pin and I have filed mine to create a knife look, but you know, the only way to file a pin to create a knife is you still get this really, really tiny cutting edge, which gets dull really, really quickly and it starts Mm -hmm. tearing things up. And I just, I wish someone would come out with a really nice knife mortising. I'll be your first, your first customer (laughs) just doesn't exist as far as I can tell. I think that's it. I know there's more, but (laughs) I like me some gauges because I, you know, I set them and I leave them while I'm working on a project. I've got one gauge set for maybe the shoulder of the tenon and the other gauge set for the tenons, which also marks my mortises and another gauge set for the depth of something, you know, on, on that particular joint. So you just can't have too many. I feel that way with combination squares. I'll like set two, like I have two of them that I use all the time and then I have a couple other devices that are similar and that's like one of those, if I've got a whole bunch of different depths or whatever dimension I'm working with, man, it's like one of those, I should mark them with like my my little label maker for what they're going to (laughs) be. Carve a wooden (laughs) sign for each one. There you Uh, go. Yeah, I'm the same way. I've got several of the combo squares that I just leave set for certain things and it's great because I keep it locked in and I know even if I like screw something up and need to go back and redo a setting or a layout, I know that that's still set up exactly where it was before. So this leads perfectly into the question I wanted to ask you guys. Uh, What do you have too many of and you like, there's no good excuse for it. You just have them because you like having <laughs> multiples. Um, you know, the, the combination squares for me are something that I can justify having multiples. You need different length measuring tools and the fact that I like to have them set up for, for different things. Laying out joinery is a good example. So I have multiple set up as we were just talking about. But I also have multiple cutting and marking gauges. Like you're describing, Shannon, I've got like this beautiful like ebony Japanese style version. I've got the round cutting wheel version. But the only one that I use repeatedly is that uh, Canadian deluxe marking gauge. That's the one that's my go-to. Technically, I could probably give away or sell the other two and probably would not miss them other than the fact that I like looking at them. So what So what, what do you guys, it's like confession time, what do you own that you know really when it comes down to it, you only use one of them or maybe two, you don't need five? Oh man, I... Shannon, do you want to go first? Because I'm having a hard time trying to admit this. <laughs> <laughs> Take a deep breath. Um, or figure out which one to admit. <laughs> you know, that, that is tough because I did 
pretty seriously downsized recently when yeah. I remodeled my shop. So I've got my marking and measuring kind of down to a science. I've got a, and uh, Mark, I sent you a picture of this. We can post on the show notes, but I took a picture of my, the door of my tool cabinet, which is dedicated to these tools. And it's pretty lean. Um, you know, I do have a couple where I have two and I don't need another one. Yeah. Um, I have two birdcage alls. And frankly, that's because one of them was sent to me as a test tool. And thank you, Shenandoah Toolworks. You guys are awesome. <laughs> and it's it's a phenomenal tool. But I also have a check edge one. You know, they're both at the, the height of their their category. Do I need both of them? No. So I stick one on my joinery bench and one by my Rouveau bench because I'm just, that's just how I roll. Well, and if it's small. You know, it's you not know, taking up that much space. Probably something that I have too many of is dovetail markers. No, there you go. <laughs> there you go. I yep. think I have five. Nice. All the same <laughs> at the same angle. <laughs> Fortunately, they're all different angles. I'll okay. Well, see that but, it's a little more justifiable. <laughs> but I go to the same one like you, Mark. I go, I have a, a, a saddle tail from Sterling Toolworks. It's mm-hmm. just one angle. I use that same angle on everything. Um, and I, I love it because it, it, Mark actually said this earlier. It's got that heft. It's got that weight. Yeah. And when you drop it on the, on the wood, it kind of stays there. Um, so I don't, I've got one that I made myself. I've got a couple from Veritas and I've got another, um, kind of, I don't know, knockoff brand. I think I got from Woodcraft and they sit in, uh, in a corner somewhere and never get used. So yeah. I could probably stand apart with a few of those. Did you come mm. up with something, Matt? Yeah, so there's like uh, the other way to describe them are like specialized squares. So like Check Edge has that ruler stop. Veritas has uh, a sliding square. Um, there's a, a couple others out there that I'm totally drawing a blank on, even though I, I probably could like walk right down to my shop, open the drawer, and pull them out. Like Craig even had one where it was like a sliding square almost, but you could use it as in these three different different uh, configurations. I did a video about it, got a lot of a lot of crap about it for for having this thing <laughs> but it just simply added to this this whole idea of these these specialized squares and even some of the the saddle squares I, I don't know why i feel like i need so many of them maybe it is because i want them stashed around the shop so when i just turn around one is right there but they all essentially do the same exact thing in their own little unique way and I, once in a while i'll favor one and the others get completely neglected so then i decide i'm going to sell them because i don't use them and i don't need them and i want the space mm. but then i find just that that weird like addictive way to say no i need this i got to have this <laughs> right so that is i, I think i'm going to say of this description these these specialized squares be they adjustable or fixed i probably have over a half dozen or more of them hidden around nice. the shop. Nice. Well, right. I got to tell you, we didn't talk about them, but saddle squares, they're huge. I've, mm. I use them all the time. Fantastic mm. to be able to transfer a knife line around a corner with great precision. Well, um, I mean, I have yeah, so many to do that with a normal square, but saddle square just makes it easy. It makes it a little more dummy proof, certainly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's, that's what that's it really the, means. Yeah. yeah. Well, the problem, though, is when you have so many of these different options, then you actually, like, you spend more time trying to decide which one's going to be the better one rather than just, just laying it out. Yeah. All right, so let's wrap it up with this. Uh, I alluded to it before, premium versus, you know, maybe big box store brands. Now, I think, you know, we can get into each individual tool. Let's keep this as generalized as possible. But the bottom line is, at least for me, if the tool is, like, let's look at squares. If the tool is square, then the cheap one will do. The problem is you may have to go through five or six of the ones on the rack at Home Depot to find a 12-inch adjustable square that actually is truly square. You know, so that's the thing you're buying it. And if you don't have a reference, you're 
kind of hoping that it's square. And then a lot of times people I've heard this, I've heard, I had emails from folks who will go months or maybe even years with tools that are not square thinking those are good square reference surfaces. And then they, they find out it's not, and they've been using it for a long time. Uh, That can be very frustrating. So I think, you know, the argument to be made is that some of these going with the premium brands is a good way to assure that you're going to get that perfectly square thing and at least have that one square reference in your shop that you could then use to judge other things that you buy if you want to buy a more budget-friendly version of those things. Well, I mean, heck, in, in the laboratory I work in, and a lot of laboratories, you have specific calibrating tools that yeah. get locked away in a special location so nobody ever touches them so they don't get uncalibrated. <laughs> right. Yeah, so if you have just that one that one surface that you can calibrate against to find out if that inexpensive one you picked up because everything else fell apart. Yeah, it's, it's important to have that. I, I've done that too where I, I have spent the time with the the what are considered the cheapo ones and I've had like the one just amazing one that I don't know how it escaped the factory, but it works and I'm the lucky pers- you know, purchase, person to purchase it. But then inevitably some little part breaks and then I'm convinced I need to get something bigger and better. Sure. And and I know people kind of, I guess if you listen to this show for a long time, you might have this impression of us because we do like these premium tools. You know, we, we respect the craftsmanship that goes into good quality tooling in the same way we respect furniture craftsmanship. Um, And since we use these things so frequently, there's just something really satisfying about using a nice one. Uh, We have respect for the, for the tool. So um, Shannon, big picture. What do you think? I I think that, you brought up a great point in saying buying the the quality right off the bat so you can count on it, and especially when you're talking about something like a square. Yeah. Um, let's be real. Um, the level of squareness that comes from a Starrett, or or like we I brought up Chris Vesper before. I mean he he's got his Instagram account. He shows how some of this stuff is made, and he has a a picture where he like nailed it to like six places past the decimal point square. Like you've got to Jeez. be kidding me. You know, there is no way in any world that I would ever need that level of precision in my woodworking. Mm. But there is something comforting about knowing that if all else fails, this this one this one nailed it. Right. And and I have a couple of um I have a couple of wooden squares. I have a wooden layout square, as I alluded to earlier. I've got a, a wooden tri square. And how do you think I squared those up? <laughs> you know, yeah. there are all kinds of geometry t- tricks and things like that you can use. But knowing that 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 I just forgot. Stare it, star it, star it, whatever. I forgot what we're doing today. Um, just knowing that that one is dead square, that I can check everything else off. So to me, that's worth every penny. But there is there is a little something about the bling factor. I I definitely know that the the higher end ones are going to be more durable and they're going to last me a lot longer. But it's not like layout tools take a whole lot of beating. Well, not really, but um, they shouldn't. We didn't. If you're using them, right? right. (laughs) We didn't talk about um, marking knives at all, but that's a great example. I have a blue spruce marking knife. Had it for many, many years. An exacto knife would do just as well. You know, a nice thin blade that's going to get in places and everything. Um, And it's a spear point, so it's not left-handed or right-handed. But that blue spruce is a thing of beauty. I mean, beautifully turned cocobolo handle, gorgeous brass ferrule. Uh, really high quality steel and beautiful etching, you know, of his logo on there. Um, I have two of those. <laughs> it was an accident. It was a great miscommunication at Christmas on you when my mother-in-law <laughs> bought me one and my wife bought me one. Not sure complaining. It was miscommunication. Not, <laughs> right, Nothing right. to complain about there. 
<laughs> but you know, I, I, I love it. And you know, I get questions all the time. Well, what makes it so good? And it's like, cause it's pretty. <laughs> I mean, that's what the, it really comes down to. There is something about the craftsmanship, you know, knowing that somebody put their time into it the way that you would put it into your, your pieces and stuff. It just, there's really something about that. You want to reward the person for being so awesome. Well, and there's you, like, the, Shannon, you mentioned the, the accuracy issue to me. A lot of times when it comes to like problem solving and stacking the cards in your favor, when it comes to building projects and working with tools, it's reducing variables and reducing the things that you can potentially blame for stuff going wrong. You know, <laughs> right. and if and if and that's what it comes down with the tools for me, what it comes down to is I just want fewer variables in my life. I, I you know, shop time for me, especially now with with a, a kid who's getting older and more demanding of my time every day. Um, I like to make sure that my time in the shop is efficient and and I'm getting the most done. And if I'm, you know, dinking around with tools that aren't as good because I have to calibrate things more often, this not go not only for marking tools, but actual, you know, tool tools. Um, I want stuff that makes me more efficient. And that's why I tend to gravitate toward those those nicer premium brands. Well, you know, and another small thing about the uh, uh, the premium uh, brands that I, I like, maybe this is like one of the last things we had talked about, is there's the small details. Like you're talking about like the look, the feel, the fit, the, the, the fact that you can come back and set it up and have it ready to go and not mm-hmm. worry about it. But there's also small things. So like with the uh, the squares, uh, oftentimes the, the blade itself – the inexpensive ones, they seem to get like painted on there. Yeah, I know. And, yeah, totally. Yeah, where other ones, maybe it's like slightly etched in there. And then that gives you yet another reference. So when you're using, say, that marking knife, you can drop it right into that area and you can come right back to it. Or, heaven forbid, the, the paint gets worn off of it or something, you still have the gauge there. That's, that's a, a, such a really good point because I have a couple of squares, uh, just like a small framing square that has that painted on look. And when you compare that to the Lee Valley version or the uh, Starrett version, um, the, the Starrett one can almost cut you at the corner. It's that sharp. Yes. Yeah. You know, and then if you are referencing a knife off of that or a pencil, you know, a small pencil, and um, that's a really satisfying and accurate way to reference your um, your stuff. So here's the thing. I think in the future, maybe we might want to do something where we can go through these things and say, you know, because I don't think everything is exactly the same. Like in squares, maybe you can find a good square that's cheap. Um, but in some things, you may want to absolutely go to the premium brand. We might break it down at some point and give our thoughts on which ones we think you're more likely to find a good serviceable uh, de- tool or device in a lower cost brand. Yeah, I'll start throwing my crappy stuff in the corner and then we can just take pictures of it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up. And Matt, I think you should just give him the contact info and we can get out of here. All right. Hey, folks, do you have a comment, question, or suggestion? You can email us at uh, Wood Talk. Oh, my gosh. I got myself thrown off. I spun to the bottom real quick because I forgot the contact information. <laughs> so let me try this again. Go Comments, questions, topics, suggestions. You have several different ways to contact us. Leave a voicemail on Skype. Our username is Wood Talk Online. Call our voicemail line at 623-242-5180. Email us at kickback at woodtalkshow.com or leave us a comment on our Wood Talk Facebook page. And if you're looking for the show notes or downloads from today's show or previous episodes, you'll find them at woodtalkshow.com. Actually, what I was doing there is I wanted to show you the difference between cheap mat and then more premium, <laughs> premium <mat. laughs> mat. Premium mat. I'll take some premium mat, please. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you later. See ya. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.